Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you've been enjoying these exciting Love Life California conference interviews. Uh, just such an amazing get, uh, lineup of guest speakers. We had to do little uh, conversations and episodes with them here at uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs Studio at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills. And uh, so today we have Kurt Cameron joining us in studio, who's become, well, he's always been pro-life, but you've become quite a clarion call and uh, Ezekiel trumpeter mm. in the last Ooh. year on pro-life. I like that, and Ezekiel trumpeter. So welcome to the show, Kurt. <laughs> wow, I think I'm going to ask for that on the chyron below my name. They're the next okay, time I'm right. on Fox News is is actor slash Ezekiel trumpeter. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's I'm what I talked they, about in my talk today. We need to be like Ezekiel and blow the trumpet when we see the swords of the enemy coming. And that's boy, it. Watchman on the wall. Played his hand, huh? Man. Yeah, what played his hand or overplayed, overplayed his, hand? his hand? Oh, I I think so. You would the, think the enemy always overplays his hand. The church would notice that. <laughs> you'd you'd think so, but it but it is concerning. Um, I think that I think tyranny is overplaying its hand right now mm. in many areas. We it, we could talk about the medical field. We could talk about you know civil government. We could talk about oh gosh, education, yeah. <laughs> right? But um, there's there's enough of. There's enough of the family of faith that I think is still asleep mm. and not awake and aware, and right. so they're not engaged, yeah. and therefore um, it's not happening as fast as as it should be. And that's why I'm thankful for this California conference and Love Life and all the work that you're yeah. doing because you're helping to wake us up, and when we're awake, we can actually be aware of what's going on and engage. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, I mean, you're exactly right, Kirk. I've thought about that recently too, about how like it's clear that God is moving. Yeah. And like, like the church is almost like stirring as if from a long a coma. Yeah. Or something realizing, oh man, like tyranny really is on the rise. Like maybe we should start contending politically for righteousness in the yeah. public square. And then like, we're like, Welcome to the party, you know, I, I, but I don't I think you're right I don't think it's at the level yet that it needs to be to have that really systemic change away from tyranny and towards righteousness I was just watching a video somebody sent me in fact my son um, Jack who works at focus on the family interviewed a guy um, Rod Dreyer, I think might be his Rod name. Dreyer, yeah, Rod Dreyer, Dreyer? not by lies not yeah. by lies and he was talking about uh, Kolakovic and and basically Father Kolakovic yeah, Kolakovic yeah, right. yeah, I gotta, yeah, yeah. I've got my fat my emphasis on yeah, the wrong Father syllables Kolakovic, that's right see judge act <laughs> that's right so uh but Continue. yeah that, that whole idea of preparing for the future based on us judge, uh, uh, discerning the signs of the times right now. And, yeah. and, and he was one who said, hey, tyranny's coming. Totalitarianism is coming. Yeah. And, we see, <laughs> and, and <laughs> people are like, no, no, that's not going to happen Conspiracy here. Conspiracy theorist. <laughs> but he, he prepared the, the way. And so yeah, anyway, right. what's happening here at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills was so exciting. When I drove up, Seth, I saw the parking lot packed yeah. just with, I don't know, how many people are here? I think we have maybe around 1,200 in person. Wow. Cool. I mean, just so many people, yeah. and they're fired up, and they want to not only be uh, awakened and enlightened about the pro-life issues, but they want to be um, um, equipped and engaged yeah. to actually champion life, defend exactly life, and right. fight for life, yeah. which is very encouraging. That's right. Well, that was the whole point of the conference. So I I said uh, earlier in the day, Kirk, I you know, I, I said uh, when, when I took this to Jack Hibbs last year, I said, hey, I have a... I have an idea, Jack, for a pro-life conference for mm -hmm. the church. Not another conference for activists. Love that. That's great. We love Students for Life. They just had their conference out in D.C. Wonderful. For the church. Yeah. The church who should have ended abortion in the first place. And Jack was like, done. What do you need? It's like, 
Wow. Yeah. If we could have more pastors like that today. Yeah. Uh, and and the the turnout has been incredible. And I, and I think it's because there is that stirring happening again. I, the sons of Issachar, who understand the times and know what the people of God should do, they're seeing the game. They see where this is going. And, and so I'm encouraged by how Aslan seems to be on the move. But but we, yeah, need, the, go we Aslan. need more. We need more of the church. <laughs> well, this is the kind of thing that I think uh, wakes us up. And uh, I think that persecution, I think uh, we, we've not even seen no, the right. very beginning of it. This is very soft totalitarianism oh, yeah. and persecution. But as it increases, I think more and more people will wake up. And my concern is that we don't, uh, end up playing the role of the frog in the pot that is being slowly boiled to death. Uh, right. You know the story, right? Well, maybe for those who, who aren't familiar with it, the, the way that, um, uh, well, the idea is that you, you take a frog and you put him in some water that's that's sort of room temperature, and he's swimming around, he's happy as can be, and you put a flame underneath the pot. Well, it slowly starts to warm up, and as it slowly warms, the it kind of becomes like a jacuzzi, right? It gets all kind of, you get kind of lazy, and you're lethargic, like, oh, this yeah. is great, you're lethargic and tired. And then by the time the frog realizes that the water's too hot, he's too tired to be able to jump out. And we're seeing this slow, mm. uh, you know, changing from murdering right. children to women's health care and just a choice and the slow takeover of education and civil government and, yeah. and church and family and the rest that we need to recognize what's going on yeah. and jump out soon and 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 That's you know right. dump the water out and get back to what our That's country right. is all about and the biblical principles that founded it amen well because it's like it's not even about us right it's like it's like i love that because you're not saying like jump out of the pot so you can remain free and comfortable it's like well sure but like this is about the posterity this is about our children mm. oh yeah this is about stewarding what god's given us um, and you've been so big on that recently. We, I mean, your American Campfire Revival stuff has just been so awesome. And that you've been focusing on that, you know, that like the, the spiritual heritage of our country, um, where these foundational truths come from, the, 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 you know, the, the beliefs of the founding fathers. Oh, they were all deists. No, they weren't all deists. Hmm. Um, and they would be rolling over in their graves right now that, that we call abortion a blessing of liberty or, or yeah. women's equality and women's rights. Um, I want you to share a little bit about that. But but first, um, you've gotten super involved with Love Life recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a providential thing how like God just took it off. It's been really cool to watch. So share a little bit about your heart for life, uh, Kirk, and kind of what God's been doing between you and Love Life uh, in the last, is it nine months? Has it just been eight or nine months? Yeah, fast. yeah, yeah. Love life's a great name, right? Like love life, but the, some people have, have confused, uh, and, and it, it sounds like it could be a romantic movie title too, Love Life. Right? <laughs> but love, love life is this fantastic ministry that that um, uh, obviously we, we all know about now. But when I first was introduced to them, I just loved the story of the founder Justin Reeder and yeah. how he was a businessman who was always pro life, but didn't really engage in any personal way until he found out that there was an abortion clinic across the street from where he worked, right next to one of his biggest clients. And yeah. when he went there and and it suddenly dawned on him that, you know, 20 yards away behind a brick wall, uh, humans mm-hmm. were scheduled to die. Yeah. And, and, and it suddenly became very personal. It wasn't so much political as it was Christianity 101 says, love your neighbor as yourself and, and rescue right. those who are yeah. perishing. And I just loved how he put it into action and got pastors and churches activated to do something. That's right. And uh, we are at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills for this conference today, Kirk, which is only 
uh, happened because of pastors like Jack Hibbs, who mm -hmm. said yes and amen to this ministry, became the first Love Life church partner on the entire West Coast. And then Calvary Chapel Downey, then Calvary Chapel uh, High Desert in Hesperia, and then Calvary Chapel The Harbor. Way to go, Calvary Chapel guys. I know, all Calvary Chapels. Why? Jumping in. And next thing you know, Kirk, 125 babies were saved in the year 2021 because of a few churches who adopted a Love Life ministry and raised up missionaries in their church and saved 125 children um, whose mothers were moments away from exchanging mm -hmm. yeah. a credit card for uh, for the dismembered limbs of their little ones. You know, you have a way of phrasing things, Seth. <laughs> exchanging a credit card for the... <laughs> wow. Well, that's what we see on hey, my podcast, you, Kirk, we're translating you, euphemisms into reality. Right? You know what? I Something that I wanted to mention, uh, you were there at the March of Life, uh, and, and that was the first time that I was really there in the thick of it, marching together with everybody, with the banners around me and everything. Mm. And there was the crucifixes and the, the, um, the, the, the pictures of Mary, and there was the banners and the everything. And I was struck, tell me how you feel, at the majority of the people there were Catholic, mm -hmm. Lutheran, and... Um, young. And young, that's right. But the Catholic presence was, was striking. Yeah. It was wonderful. And I thought, wow, this is, this is really amazing. Uh, in fact, they, they, you know, up on stage were the Eastern Orthodox priests and the Chaldean Catholics. <laughs> wow. And I had never been surrounded by so many Catholics. Now, yeah. I'm not Catholic myself. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I am. I'm kind of a mutt. I'm, I'm kind of a mixed, I don't know, you know, all my all my different backgrounds and theologies because I didn't grow up going to church, so right. I kind of visit a, a lot of them. But uh, thank God for our Catholic brothers and sisters mm. who show up by the tens of thousands right. for something like this, and they've really made this their life's work yeah. to stand for life. Yeah, well, the, the Protestant church um, certainly has a lot to learn from the Catholic Church on pro-life engagement. Mm. Uh, it's pretty pathetic when you compare, you're right, those 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 two uh, camps. Very, man, boy, boy, have we really caved and flinched on, on really the most fundamental thing in the all. <laughs> and then I saw I saw a, uh, a section, well, as we were walking towards the Supreme Court, there was a, a section with big banners, and they were almost, uh, they were member, part of the family of faith, but they were, uh, asking challenging questions and convicting questions to us as marchers. Hmm. And those questions were things like, is this the only thing you'll do for pro-life this year? Oh, whoa. March with all your friends down a street to the Supreme Court in this cool big march of 75,000 people. Because that's, that's great, you're walking down the street and holding your sign. Hmm. Is this right? And so, and that's again why I love what you're doing, Seth. Is that you're giving us opportunities and ways that we can engage as sidewalk counselors. We can engage by investing uh, as marketplace leaders yeah. into the ministry. Uh, we can throw baby showers, <laughs> yeah. and we can actually share the gospel or love show an ultrasound image dads, yeah. to a mom. Yeah. And and this is so personal for me. Yeah, that it really it really means a lot. All yeah. that you're doing. You, well, you shared <clears throat> some of that at the March for Life. Uh, you got a, you, they invited you to speak on the main stage to everyone at the rally oh, right man. before the march. I just thought, what was that like? And yeah. secondly, uh, what did you tell them? What why is it? Why do you care about this issue beyond just the fact that you're a Christian and the babies are image bearers of God and Christ was an unborn fetus? Like, yeah. yes, those are all of our Christian reasons we're pro-life, but it goes deeper than that for you. Chelsea, Jack, Bella, Anna, Luke. 
these are my babies, this is my wife, and all of my uh, four oldest children are adopted. So they were one doctor appointment away from not existing. And my wife was also an adopted child uh, who adopted these four children together with me. (laughs) And if she hadn't been born and had was adopted, um, aborted, she wouldn't have had our two natural born children. And so all six of our kids and my wife are here because their moms chose life. Yeah, the right decision. So uh, it, it was great, too, because I was talking with uh, a newscaster, uh, Rachel Campos Duffy oh, yeah, yeah, from yeah, yeah. Fox and Friends. And, uh, oh, she was just, you know, way out of the closet, pro-life. <laughs> nice. And I, I kind of asked her, you know, well, why, why is this so important to you? And she's like, I got nine kids. I'm like, wow, you got me beat Whoa. by three. <laughs> she has nine kids. I didn't know that well. And when it's personal... It makes a huge difference. And I think uh, most of us know somebody who's been touched by the issue of abortion or been adopted or know someone who's adopted. Hmm. Um, And and when when it ceases to become just a political issue uh, and becomes a personal matter, that's where I think we find the energy and the courage to really get in there and make a difference. That's right, yeah, man. Uh, you did, you, you, and then you also did a whole tour with your American Campfire Revival, um, kind of with, with Love, Love Life. Life on the road. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you've become such a champion for Love Life, which we're so, I mean, everyone knows I'm not on staff with Love Life. We're ministry partners. I'm the kerosene. I go into churches and then they're the application. That's right. right? I just You're the Molotov cocktail leave, that they throw all, in. Yeah, they're yeah. all like, ah! It's like, what do we do, Seth? You just told us that we would have tolerated the Holocaust if we're tolerating abortion. Yes, I said that. Now we're going to train you up, disciple, equip you uh, to end abortion in your city so people stop running to abortion centers and start running to the church. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But you've been um, a, a huge advocate for life. I mean, just vocally, increasingly more in the last year because of, of how you've aligned with Love Life. So tell us about your American Campfire revival that you've been doing, which is super sure. cool. People haven't tuned into that on Facebook Live. And then kind of how you went on the road with Love Life. So like like many of us, we were scared and unsure and confused about where we were all headed as a country when the pandemic broke out and all of all of businesses and churches and schools get locked down. Well, maybe not all of them. Uh, maybe Florida never did that. But, <laughs> yeah. but at least out here in California, man, yeah. our, our governor just shut everything down. And I was in my backyard for the political crisis with the election mm. and then everything that happened on January 6th and then with the inauguration, Uh, we're locked down while the first hundred days of the new administration is being rolled out and everyone's wondering what's going to happen, what's going to happen. And I keep thinking to myself, why are we sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what's going to happen with somebody and a group of people who absolutely want to obliterate everything we as the family of faith stand for and believe is important? Every issue, yeah. So so what's our 100-day plan? What are we going to do to get on the offense? And I, I... I appreciate so many of the, uh, the the political pundits and the pastors and the cultural commentators who just sort of give us the play-by-play of how the world's falling apart. <laughs> and I'm going, okay, who's the guy with the 100-day plan? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Get, rally us together. Let's huddle up and do it. Right. Uh, so I thought, you know, I'm stuck in my backyard. I can't go to church. You can't go to a restaurant. You can't go anywhere. So... I'm just going to make a campfire in my backyard like I like to do, and I'm going to teach through a book called The American Covenant, The Untold Story. 
and as I learn and others learn with me, we're gonna pray, we're gonna humble ourselves, turn from our wicked ways, and in repentance, cry out to God to bring revival to our nation. Wow. And uh, so I did that for 100 days in a row. And millions of people were, were watching and learning and praying. And um, it was really inspiring. And that just kind of took off into a tour where uh, we met at large campfires and bonfires all around the country once the restrictions opened up. Wow. Uh, I even did some where the restrictions didn't open up and kind of got a little heat for that. <laughs> Uh, we sang some Christmas carols Good one Christmas you. at the beach and at the, the mall parking lot. And, and L.A. freaked out. And L.A. freaked out and TMZ drones You're were following us around. You're a super spreader, Kirk. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you, what, what that tells me, though, is that the more we see the, the political and other types of pressures pressing down on the church— and history tells us where that's leading, what the end game is. It ultimately is to break the neck of the church and, and paralyze it because the church, the family of God, is the great army that of compassion and courage that can push back the forces of darkness and actually bring heaven to earth. Um, they can. They, they, we can. Uh, and what I'm seeing is that the more those pressures come, those who are actually in the fight, the ones who want to be in the fight, uh, they're waking up and they're showing up. Mm. And, yeah, that's and that's true. what I know we've got a room full of right down that's here at, at Calvary Chapel. That's really good. Kirk, um, I have to get off and you have to get off. But <clears throat> as we wrap up, um, just give us a little teaser about a film that uh, you've been working on that uh, I watched the trailer, you sent it to me, and I was like, wow, that's beautiful, man. I was like, I was almost and crying from the scene you sent me, and that's not <laughs> even the movie, but it's a pro-life message, and share it with us. So, and that that's not even the actual trailer, that's just a little kind of little sizzle reel, a little highlight, a yeah, little yeah, sneak yeah. peek. <laughs> uh, the trailer's gonna really grab you. So this is a movie called um, Life Mark, and it's based on a true story about an 18-year-old girl who, uh, got pregnant, she's going to have an abortion, and at the last minute, because of some pro-life workers at the, at the clinic, and something they said to her, she got off the table, wow. she did not end the pregnancy, she actually gave birth to her son and secretly placed him for adoption without ever telling her parents, she hid the whole thing. Whoa. And 19 years later, she gets a message from him on Facebook saying that he wants to meet her. Oh, man. And she thinks, he probably hates her right, right. for abandoning him. Right. And he wants to go meet her to tell him how he really feels. And it's a true story. We could not have scripted something this good. Whoa. And there's some surprises uh, with the casting, some Easter eggs in the movie, and it's an emotional roller coaster ride. And, oh. and I hope wow. that it has a big impact for life. Wow. Uh, I like to say that um, the great sort of Christian or conservative consolation is that reality always reasserts itself in the end mm -hmm. because it's the truth. It is. Uh, as, as our, and as this our is God's world. Pastor Rob McCoy says, truth is never afraid of a lie, but the lie is definitely afraid of the truth. That's and right. So a film like that just communicates that truth, that self-evident truth that we should, that we deep down all know, yep. even if we call ourselves pro-choice, deep down we know that we're the same human being now that we were in the womb. That's right. We were just smaller, less developed. And Read more a few more books. That's but we right. we were the same person. <laughs> That's so right. A, I'm excited to see it, man. I'm excited to have you on the main stage firing up people for life. And I just want to thank you, Kirk, for being so fearless and, and committed and relentless, frankly, 
yeah, in the last year on pro-life. I mean, the film, the Love Life uh, Ministries, the March for Life. Now I'm seeing you getting booked online at all these pro-life things, you know, because people are just inspired with your courageous stand for life. And well, thank so you th for joining Thank you us. for all that you do uh, to equip us. I mean, you're... you're I don't know. I, I feel like you, you were so born for this and the way that you're able to equip us and the way that you're able to remember and retrieve all of this information. You're kind of a walking, walking, talking encyclopedia on the subject of life. And so many of the rest of us who, who get to go out and talk to different groups of people, you know, we're looking to guys like you because you're the well that we're drawing from for, for the information and the passion. So thank you for yeah, what you're yeah, doing. Absolutely. Everyone has their place on the wall. Yeah, and Justin Reeder and you will be talking tonight, and he'll be talking about rebuilding the wall, following up on mm. on your passion and the call to arms for all of us. So, thanks for joining us, man, Kirk. Thanks for so much for being here. We 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 really value it. Um, thank you guys for joining the show today. Uh, hey, exciting new film. We'll put uh, if there's a, a trailer up by the time we release this episode that's publicly available, we'll put that up there, uh, and then we'll eventually, of course, release uh, Kirk's message. Um, life as a way of life um, as well soon. So thank you guys for tuning in. Give the show rating and review. Let us know what you think. Shows up on the ratings. More people see it. We appreciate it. Share it with your pro-choice friends. Take them out to coffee. Ask them what they think about it. <laughs> Get equipped to be a, a pro-life ninja and an ambassador for the unborn uh, at a time frame that I think we all really know that if we don't end abortion soon and restore the right to life to those who don't have it, uh, we won't be able to offer a moral defense of any of our other rights and every other right that flows from the right to life will continue continue to deteriorate before our very eyes as well. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.